I thought the problem was food or I thought the problem was how I looked. And that's kind of like the straw that breaks the camel's back. You have to dive underneath that. I didn't understand that. I'd never tied it back to approval and the girls from school and the boyfriend. I just thought once I look a certain way and I, you know, they were the solutions for me. I never looked underneath that. What is up, beautiful people? I am Lachlan Samuel, and this is the Open Up Podcast, the show that is making mental health mainstream. The way we do that is we interview people about the deepest, darkest, most traumatic and challenging moments and periods of their life. We go over what they went through, how they overcome it, any tips, tools and tactics that they use to do so, any lessons that they've taken away from that period in their life, and then where they're at now, how they've turned that pain into purpose. All I can say is that I'm just truly, truly grateful. And I absolutely believe that together, me and you, and the sharing of these stories, we will make mental health mainstream. Let's go. Welcome back to the Open Up Podcast. Today we've got a special guest, and Beck Antonucci, and she's gonna take the reins. She's gonna give you her title and describe the way that she views herself. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Long title. No, I am the creatress of Iconic Active, which is a sustainable eco-active wear label. I stand for female empowerment, radical self-expression, radical self-acceptance, body positivity, uh, as a speaker, leader, author, and all the things that I'm manifesting into my future. It's just an ongoing journey, and I'm so happy to be here. That's amazing. <laughs> to be the living embodiment. That's, uh, that's a beautiful way to view yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm in a personal growth course at the moment, and we had to do our iceberg, and at the bottom is our purpose. And I really sat with, you know, I don't want to play small here. I want, I, I know what I'm here to do. I, I know I'm put on this planet and I've got a huge purpose ahead of me. And what is that? And so I sat in question with it. I meditate a lot. And I sat there and I said, it came to me to be the living embodiment of female empowerment, radical self-expression, radical self-acceptance as a speaker, leader, writer, uh, business owner. So just all of those things and just because it's not here right here right here right now doesn't mean that it's not and it's coming that's amazing thank you um your first story or the one that you're going to share first starts at about 14 years old are you okay just diving straight into that right now okay so i know that you're making mental health mainstream and i'm i'm a huge supporter of that I also believe that for a lot of us, it's not necessarily about mental health, but just a lack of self-worth. Yeah. Um, and for me, mine stemmed from being horrifically bullied in high school. I went to a prestigial girls' school and my best friend turned on me. She wanted to be popular and turned every single one of essentially our entire year group against me and made my high school journey a very, very hard and challenging time to the point that someone with such incredible mental health as myself, because I respect myself in terms of how I eat, how I exercise, treating, looking after my mind is just one of my highest priorities. When I was 14, 15, I attempted to take my own life. And that's really where the entire journey has stemmed from, being bullied in school, feeling like if I can't fit in with these 160 girls and I'm the most disgusting, awful person, I remember getting to, she was in the same homeroom as me. Our, our, our homeroom was by last name. Mine was A, hers was B. So we're in the same homeroom and she would scream across the classroom at me, you're rank, you're disgusting. And those are two words that even now, if someone's talking and they say that I can't hear it, it makes me feel awful inside. But also my own inner critic has kind of reaffirmed those words for me saying, you can't be all of those things that those girls used to scream. You have to do everything in your life to prove that they're wrong. And when I was 14, 15, you know, not setting a clear boundary with the bully, I, the first thing I did was be the bigger person and turn my back and, and not listen to what they're saying, it's not true. 
But when, it, when you're 14, 15, you don't have the mental tools and it's being yelled at you every single day, instead of saying, I'm being the bigger person, I'm turning my back, and it ended up being, maybe I am all of those things. Maybe I am rank, maybe I am disgusting. And that's kind of where my journey began. Well, looking back now, knowing the position you're in now, mm -hmm. this living embodiment, mm -hmm. uh, do you have an understanding of why she felt the need to do that to you? Yes, we, you know, she's a beautiful woman now. And we've had, we had a clearing conversation when I was 21. She added me on Facebook and I took that as my opportunity to write to her what she did. And it's a really powerful, powerful, I, I can't even remember the emotion that I went through until I read that and I'm like, oh my God, I just want to hug you, poor girl. And she, she accepted responsibility. She gave me a really heartfelt apology. She said that she was getting bullied also. I know that she was, uh, not in school, but that's her personal journey to share but outside of school she was being bullied and you know hurt people hurt people and she said that she turned her back on a fake facade uh, on a true friend for a fake facade of friendships that didn't last throughout the years the, the the email she wrote me back was so beautiful for that 21 year old wrote and you know she offered me a, a real apology and she said that to to treat me like like nothing and to scream so violently at me it, she knew that she wouldn't then have to confront me because I just did want to talk to her and say, hey, we, were, we had a sleepover the weekend before and then all of a sudden you're not my friend and now you're saying all these awful things to me. What did I do? Can we talk? And she said the more that she was awful at me, the further I distanced myself, the less likely she had to... She couldn't look at me as a human being, so she treated me like an object and that was her way to make sure that I wouldn't confront her. Well, how did you, as a 21-year-old, I can imagine a lot of people wouldn't have taken it on board the way you had. How, how did you give yourself permission to take that on board and to not hold a grudge or resentment? I've been raised really well. I have beautiful parents and I've always had the belief that when someone offers you, I, I have great intuition as well, so I know when someone says sorry and they don't really mean it. Yeah. And the way that she wrote this this email, this, this Facebook message was so powerful that I believed every word that she said. And so you kind of sit in question with, do I continue to harbor this resentment and anger? And it's like the snake bite. You can either suck it out and spit it, or you can let it stay in you and sting you when you die, but the snake is fine. So it's up to you what you choose to do with the bite. And so I'd carried it up until 21 from high school. It was still so present for me. And it was taking that opportunity then, you know, I'm, I'm no longer fearful of her. The stories have still continued to play, the lack of worth because of that. But that relationship with her, I felt like I cut that cord and it was no longer a pain with that person. And so that for me was having the snake bite and saying you can either leave the venom in and die right now or you can choose to suck it out and spit it. Well, that's powerful. It is. It's a lot of self-awareness. Yeah. I've always given myself a hard time that I didn't complete any of my three interview degrees that I started, but my intuition is very strong and I love that about me. Okay. Uh, let's go back a little bit to 19 years old. You said there's another part of your story as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, my boyfriend, so here's my first boyfriend, madly in love and 19 years old and we ended really abruptly and it was quite violent and from that point you know I was very upset and I was very ashamed for what he did to me and I was even more ashamed that I was so in love with this boy that I just wanted my boyfriend back. He wouldn't talk to me which was good. <laughs> he talked to me years later <laughs> but he wouldn't and he's offered me again an apology but he wouldn't talk to me and I was just so just your first heartbreak I was distraught and ashamed, embarrassed, embarrassed that a man could do that to me, that I had, you know, a bruise down my face, an egg coming out of my head. And all I really wanted after being so disrespected so badly, all I really wanted was my boyfriend back. And from that point, I just was like, well, I was fearful of women having gone to an all-girls school and never fit in. All my friends up until that point had typically been male. I'd gone to Bali with my family and made a male friend in the swimming pool at the Bali dynasty. I'm like, boys will be nice to me. And now my boyfriend's done this to me. So at that point I was like, I'm scared of women and now I'm fearful of men as well. Well, what was the story you were telling yourself about what had happened to you in that relationship? Do you remember that? 
Mm. Probably that I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough to be loved. I was um, not good enough to be treated the right way. I All the things that the girls said in high school are true. You're rank, you're disgusting, you're all of these things. If you can't fit in with the girls and this boyfriend can't love you, you're not going to fit in anywhere in your life. Well, had you struggled uh, fitting in after that experience in high school? I went to uni and it was uh, actually, uni was my first experience of there's a bigger world outside of high school here. And that was a beautiful experience for me. But then you get your first boyfriend and again, addictive personality, their world becomes your world. So when that crashes, everything crashes. Yeah, did you feel like you needed to keep him to keep that validation? I think, I think, I know, I think I wasn't thinking of it from a validation. I think my, I think genuinely my heart was broken, you know. I think that, I think that was the process there. It wasn't to prove anything, it was just because I really did love him. Okay, and so moving on from there, what happens? From there, I decided to join a gym. I thought if I don't, if I'm not accepted in school, I'm not accepted by men and I'm weak because I want this man back and he won't even talk to me. In fact, we had a holiday booked to Fiji and he spoke to me because he came around my house to get a refund, the, the money back because we both put down deposits and that's, he didn't come to apologize. He didn't come to see if I was okay. He came to get the money back. So I was like, that must be what you're worth. You're not even good enough for an apology. and. From that point, I decided if, I, if I'm emotionally weak, I must make myself physically strong. And if I'm physically strong and people see me as physically strong, people won't hurt me and people won't take advantage of me. People might like me. So I joined a gym and I invested in a personal trainer and she, she's amazing, she's, she's incredible. And I've, I actually placed a lot of blame on her for my journey, but it's not at all, not at all her fault, <laughs> young Rebecca did. And I've got, again, a very addictive personality. She gave me a program, she gave me a diet. And of course, I did it exactly to the T, counted out my almonds, weighed out everything. And my body started radically transforming from just a normal girl with a normal body, no weight issues at all, just wanted a flat stomach and toned arms to all of a sudden I was running around about 10 kilos less and looked like a sports model. And from that point, I was in this very busy gym with what seemed to me appeared to be very cool people and having never been cool in school and popularity being the, the most prestigious thing that you could achieve, I was like, wow, these people, like women training for gladiator, men who I'd never seen before, these hulks walking around, but all of a sudden people were acknowledging me, everyone knew my name, the girls were being nice to me, I was getting compliments. And so my, my journey has been about seeking approval outside of myself having never been approved of in school, not being approved of by the boyfriend, and now I'm in this place with people that I was essentially fearful of, I was intimidated by, and they were all being really nice to me. And that's when the penny dropped that I was like, wow, if I look a certain way, men will want to date me. I was being asked out by all these beautiful looking people, so men will want to date me. Women will be nice to me. I'll always be invited somewhere. I'll always have friends. And I associated all of those things with, they won't hurt me. And that was kind of where my journey from that point onwards really began. That's powerful. That's a powerful realization. And that's a lot of self-awareness because I can imagine people listening to this, most of us will be going to the gym or dressing in a certain way or eating certain types of foods to look a certain way to get that external validation that you are enough. Yeah, and the question is that's okay to treat yourself, for me now, I love how I treat myself, but, and I've trained, you know, I turned what was once very destructive, we'll go into this later, into something physically that's very healthy, but mentally, I still haven't trained that part. And it's okay to, to, to go to the gym. Of course, it's okay to go, it's amazing to go to the gym, but it's like, where does it stem from? Is it to love and nourish and nurture the body? Or is it to look a certain way to fill a void so that you're accepted somewhere? That's powerful. Yeah, just understanding what, what drives us, it is. So moving on from that point where you have that aha moment where people are liking you because of the way you look, mm -hmm. what happens from there? From there, 
so there's the women training for Gladiator, the men doing the bodybuilding, people saying, you need to compete, you should be a sports model, you could be a professional sports model. And so from that point, I decided if I'm a sports model, I imagine all the girls in school seeing these pictures of me and I'm, I'm beautiful. You said I was ranked, I'm disgusting, I'm not, I've proved you wrong. All these, and I just, I envisioned my life being this journey of, you know, I was told you, can, you could turn this into your career. So I trained for my first bodybuilding competition, which was a real journey. And from that stemmed disordered eating. I guess you would call it, I would, I've never called myself depression, but if I had have gone to a doctor, perhaps depression about my body image, uh, I remember waking up, I remember lying in my bed on my 21st birthday. I was a size six. I was less than 50 kilos. I'm 62 to 64 kilos now, I'm not sure. I was lying in my bed crying, horrifically crying that I was too fat to go out in public. I didn't want to go to my 21st birthday. Uh, now, after having restricted so food for so long, I was I started binge eating. I was so ashamed that I couldn't. That I was so ashamed that I controlled my food for so long, and now I felt like I had no control when I allowed myself to eat. Nothing was enjoyable. The, once you start binge eating, there's not any part of the food that you eat that's enjoyable, but something clicks in you that you just keep eating a disgusting amount, and you're so ashamed of yourself. Then I started purging. Then I started laxative abuse. Then I started hiding, going to the gym or not wanting to go a certain time, thinking that everyone's looking at me. Everyone's thinking that I've put on so much weight. I'm weak and pathetic. I'm disgusting and rank. I'm not that girl that exercised down to 47 kilos. I'm now this binge eating, disordered eating. I don't, don't know how to control it and I'm deeply ashamed. I'm worse than the girl that was 15 and I've done this to myself. And that's, that was the next part. Wow. And that lasted for a really long time. There's a period of my life that, and I have a really good memory that I don't remember, I don't remember a solid three years of how I treated myself doing that. Restrict, I would restrict my food all day long. I would weigh my almonds, I'd have a little bit of fish, a little bit of broccoli, it'd all be measured and weighed, and then something would trigger me, and then the binge eating would occur, and then the bulimia, the, the laxatives, there's, there's just been things that I won't say here. I mean, I'm happy to share all parts, but there's been things that I've done to my body, you know, passing out in bathrooms. I'm just like, I can't believe I did that to myself. And I don't really remember it. I have to really go there to remember it. It was such a painful time. Wow. That's um, so, such a lack of self-acceptance to put yourself through that for the validation external validation of others yeah and and you had it i had it temporarily and then you, you know you, you've got to start eating at some stage science is going to kick in the human body needs fuel and then the just complete disgust within yourself the shame and not the, there's essentially now nothing that i'm i've got a group of people around me that no matter what emotion i go through i can speak so openly to them about it without judgment that i'll say this is I'm not willing to suppress emotions, even if they're ineffective. This is the ineffective emotion that I'm feeling right now. Please support me as how I go through this process. And I can tell them anything. Whereas then I just wanted to be perfect. And I was so deeply ashamed by what I was doing, thinking that made me weak, pathetic, disgusting, X, Y, Z. And I had no one that I felt I could share with. And so I was harboring it all inside, which made it worse. And I was young. I wasn't the container to hold it. And I didn't know who I could share with that could be that person to hold it for me. So I was like, the next diet will be the answer. If I just stick to a diet, a different gym, a different personal trainer, looking for solutions in all of the wrong places and it's still not speaking my truth of this is actually how I'm treating myself and I need help, which would have been perhaps the most powerful thing I could have done. Yes, that's, that's a lot to suppress or to hold in. Mm -hmm. What happened with all of that? Did it eventually bubble up to the surface? It got quite bad and I remember my what happened? I started seeking solutions. Beyond personal trainer, I ended up having a breast implants. I then had that, my first implants went wrong overseas. So I had a horrific overseas breast surgery. I came back, so I had that to harbor as well. And so, and this is my personal belief about the spiritual path. The more that you suppress pain and deny it, the more it manifests further into your life. 
So for me, everyone was like, breast surgery overseas is bad. I'm like, no, 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 my journey, it would have gone wrong in Australia as well. That because for me, it was about the breasts were never gonna be the answer. And lots of people have told me that. Don't think that getting surgery is gonna make you all of a sudden heal your relationship with food and body. But I was quite certain that there was a key hidden somewhere that once I got it, all of a sudden it, I would be released from it. And so it was a surgery and then after the surgery, that was kind of the final straw where I went into complete denial. I didn't say anything about my breasts. I was with my ex-boyfriend at the time. He didn't say anything about it either, God bless him. And after two, what ended up happening? We were going away and I think I'd been through these ups and downs. My ex-boyfriend at the time trying to give me ultimatums, like if you treat your body bad and you binge eat and you, or, or you throw up your food, I'm gonna break up with you. Thinking that I loved him so much that that would stop me. And I'm like, well, I would love that to be the solution here, but that's not the solution. And it got so bad that we were going on a holiday and he said to me, we're gonna go away and we're not gonna exercise and we're not gonna diet and we're not gonna worry about what we eat and we're just going to be normal. And when we get back, we're just going to be healthy. We're not gonna try and be a sports model. We're not gonna try and restrict anything. We're just going to just be normal, healthy people and try and adopt more of a, more of a life and understand that there's looking a certain way and there's a lifestyle and just finding fulfillment somewhere other than in the mirror. And that was kind of, it was a slow journey, but that's kind of where it started. How did you give yourself permission to take that on board? Because for someone who is so deep in what they're doing with their food and the binging and purging yeah. um, and constantly needing to be the sports model, mm-hmm. how did you let yourself take that on board? Because that's one of the main issues for people when they're going through something is actually acknowledging that there's something wrong. I think it had gotten so bad and I felt so stuck that it got to the point where I was like, I've tried all the things that I thought were the thing and none of those are the thing. So to move the needle, I need to do something else. And at the time, that partner was was someone that I was deeply in love with and I respected him so much and I enjoyed time with him, our families, so much that I thought this is impacting now, not just you, but the people around you that you love and something's, something's got to change. And when you, find, when you go out and start, like a big, one of my highest priorities is fun. When you start having more fun, it takes away from the things that caught you. You realize that you're only so stuck in body image because I, I had no friends. I had no really close female friends. So going to the gym was kind of where I made my social life. I hadn't made a life for myself outside of it. And when you immerse yourself into something else, it, it gives you, your brain a little bit of reprieve and says there's, there's definitely more priorities in life than just looking good. Like fun makes you feel so much better than going to the gym. So go out and have fun. So I think knowing that I loved my partner at the time, our families and having fun with those people, I was willing to take, I was willing to say, this is no longer just affecting you. This is affecting the people that you care for. And to see them in pain looking at you yeah. and wanting to help you, you start to think, I'm gonna try something different. Well. Wow. Being someone who had so much guilt and shame around the way that they were treating themselves, did you have any guilt, shame, or, or feel like a burden for the way that you were acting, the way that was impacting your family? Yes, of course. I've always had the thought, why can't I just be normal? Why can't, you know, there's girls that don't post about fitness and gym, they just have nice bodies and they just eat whatever they want. They go for pancakes on the weekend with their friends for breakfast and they just do that. Why have I done, why did I do this to myself? I can't have a normal life. I've affected family events, you know, Chris, I come from an Italian family where food is such a celebration. I've given my mum rules in the past about what she can serve, how much she can serve. I'm not eating Christmas dinner. I'm not eating Easter dinner. None of that exists anymore, but at the time, and I would sit there thinking, I'm just, I'm just too hard. I'm, I'm too much. I'm too, I'm too deep in my own thoughts. I'm too much. I'm too much to handle, oh, people will get sick of this. I'm some, an easier person. You just choose an easier person than me. It'd be easier to love and easier, simpler. I wish I was simple, more simple. I used to think that my partners will eventually, they love me because I'm passionate and excited and all of these great things. And I feel like that's temporarily the attraction. And then they'll realize this is too much hard work for me. She's too much. Do you feel like there was any hint of self-sabotage on your part? knowing that you found it hard to connect and then putting yourself through, 
I guess this torment, the way that you treated yourself, both physically and mentally? Oh, the entire process has been a self-sabotage pattern, but I didn't, I thought the problem was food or I thought the problem was how I looked. And that's kind of like the straw that breaks the camel's back. You have to dive underneath that. I didn't understand that. I never tied it back to approval and the girls from school and the boyfriend. I just thought once I look a certain way and I, you know, they were the solutions for me. I never looked underneath that. So the sabotage was always with the food and the body, but I never, I never thought then that that's where your solution doesn't lie and look deeper. So you have this realization that um, something needs to change. You've gone too deep and now it's impacting the people around you, the people that you love and care about. You said it's been a process since then. Such a process. Walk us through that. So what happened? I think I was finally single for the first time in my life at say 20, 26, 27. I'd spent 10 years in going from relationship to relationship to relationship. And I'd really molded all of my partners. Like my first boyfriend rode motorbikes, so I rode motorbikes. And the next boyfriend was a bodybuilder and then I'm bodybuilding. Next boyfriend's a personal trainer, now I'm a personal trainer. And so I, it got to a point when I was finally single, fearful to be alone, having not created my own life but always molded the man sitting there thinking who am I what do I do for me what is how did my life become this do I like what do I do for me and what do I do just because I've allowed it to go this way do I even like fitness do do I enjoy being a personal trainer do I really want my own active wear or is that this just become my life and I think I'm not sure who graced my path but someone said to me I went to this personal growth course and he said to me, because he had a body image problem as well. He was a boxer and we met and he said, Beck, I understand. And I go through it. This guy was gorgeous, tall, six foot, like three, blonde, abs, so good looking. And, you know, boxer, just so good looking. And he said to me, I go through the body image thing too. And I was like, you're kidding me. You know, you see someone so beautiful and then they say, I go through it too really deeply and you just think this is real and I said to him what did you do to get help and he said I went to this course landmark and that's where my journey started I thought you know what I've tried every single other thing and it hasn't worked and I've had across my journey my body's gone like this and I've been the sports model I've been healthy I've been underweight I've been overweight and the thing the, the funny thing is as well it never mattered how I looked even when I had that perfect body it didn't that, that wasn't the key so that's when I associated, well, you've tried these things, you got what you thought you wanted and the thing that you wanted wasn't the thing. So then I started immersing myself in personal growth and Landmark was the start. And I think I got to be in a room with so many amazing people and you, you, know, you see the facade out in the world and you see the mask and you see the social media and you see all of that and you go into this room where it's a safe container where people are able to freely express without judgment. And you look at someone, say, for instance, I thought it would be the epitome of success to be a female entrepreneur uh, that did her own rise, that was self-made, uh, to have a business that was in kind of health, wellness. I thought this would be the thing. And behind you, I, you go into this room, you see these successful people with the millions of dollars, the cars, the houses, the businesses, and then they stand up on stage and they talk about how empty they are and how lacking fulfillment they are or how they have no relationship with their wife because all they've done is work or they're not having sex with their partner because they've immersed themselves into whatever it was that they did because they thought that would be the thing to bring them happiness and now they're lacking more fulfillment than ever. And I've just sat there thinking, wow, even though your story is so different to mine, it's so similar. It's that we're all searching for the same thing and we've gone to different avenues to find it and we didn't find it. And now I'm looking at these people that I thought my perception of them was so much different to who you actually are and that was kind of the trigger of when I lack fulfillment and I don't feel inspired, I'm just going to throw myself in these rooms and challenge my mind and learn to really see people and hear people and not judge people. Yeah. You know, when you judge yourself, it's very easy to start throwing criticisms out and project at everyone else. So it's really, that was really the, that was really the game changer for me. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And for someone who doesn't know what landmark is because of spoken to a few people who have really profound experiences. Yeah. Um, how would you describe Landmark? Um, 
I mean, it was where I started. It wouldn't be where I recommend people go now. Whilst it was pivotal on my journey, I've done so much research and immersed myself in so many different groups of people that I've definitely found what works for me. And I found a certain community of people that just light me up. But I mean, it started me on my journey. It, and I think any nothing is the thing. It's not like you do landmark and it's just you just do landmark. But a landmark might be a beautiful opening of a door to your next step. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be a staff support for the for the course that changed my my life. It's called the Bridge Experience by Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles, and they're bringing. Have you done it? No, I want to do it. Oh, Bridge Experience, November second and third, Brisbane. I get a family and friends uh, discount. I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna say yes. It radically changed my life. It radically changed my life. It was, it is the, I, I actually remember how I got there. I'm so bad at booking tickets. I hate booking things last minute. And I remember being on a boat, on a party boat in Rottnest. And I remember looking, making eye contact with this guy and thinking, oh my God, he's gorgeous. And he sees me and he jumps off the boat swims over to my boat and he flicks his hair. He's got these sparkling eyes. He's got this huge personality. I was like, oh my God, I love you. And I loved his energy because he reminded me of me when I was so excited for life. And I was like, whoa, I love this guy. So my friends are being super boring and I wanted to go on to the island to party. He's like, I'm gonna go on the island. Wanna come? And I'm like, yep, I'm going with this guy. See ya. Anyway, we ended up catching up after that. And he was talking about Peter Kelly who I really resonate with as well, and standing on stage talking with her. And I said, oh, funny that you say that. She was on stage with Alexi and Preston. They're bringing the Bridge Experience to Perth. He was like, oh my God, we should go It's this weekend. And that is that is the thing. Like him jumping off that boat, I remember it so clearly because it entirely shifted the trajectory of, me, of my life. Like, and then I went to that. I then did it again the second time. I did their extreme leadership. We raised $15,000 in two days to build a clean drinking water well in Africa. And just the group, the support, the community, the getting out of your own way. I, I was in the flattest place. I was in a corporate job that I disliked in a toxic relationship with my boss at the time while I deeply love and appreciate her. I was like her best friend and a little sister and also her emotional punching bag and her personal trainer. And it just was not healthy for either one of us. And I had the courage. I hadn't thought about my brand in years. I was feeling so flat. We did a journaling session. And it was like, what's the one thing if 2018 could go your way? What is the one thing that you would do? You know how I was talking about the iceberg and that the bot, which is now to be the living embodiment of XYZ. I wrote to launch my sportswear. And then it was, they were like, okay, let's dial that back. Next week, what's the one thing that you have to do to make sure in 2018 that happens? And they're like, we never recommend anyone just quit their job. And I was like, quit my job. And the next week I was out of there. I had some few things went on in work and I quit my job. And a year later, I launched my brand. Do it. Honestly, it will change your life. That's amazing. Do it. What, um, what, I'm not sure if you can speak about it, but what particular experiences allow you to step into this and step into launching your own brand and having the confidence to do so? Uh, I believe that you get calls and, or like taps or little thoughts that I know the thought, like this voice is my ego and I call her Mercedes and then there's thoughts that kind of tap me that are like, you're going to do this. Like, you're going to do this. And I remember the first day I walked through those doors at Fitness First in Aloo, I had this voice that said to me, you're going to have your own sportswear one day. And I just remembered that voice from age, I think I was 18, 19 when I walked through that door and it was always there. I'm gonna create my own label, I'm gonna have my own sportswear. And when, you know, when I was journaling, how do, I, how do you do it? I don't, I don't know. I'm the kind of person that I just, I just know wholeheartedly. Like I've run out of money and had silent investor email me the next day and essentially money land on my lap. And because I've asked for help, I've, I believe in meditation, I believe in higher consciousness. I believe that you can create absolutely anything in your life. I believe that everything that I'm calling forward, I have not called it in yet because I'm not yet the container to hold it, but it's all coming. And I just truly believe that. And when people, my family are like, she lives in La La Land. My sister's like, I, do you, I have, my friend's got a ticket for Tony Robbins. I think he's in La La Land with you. Would you like that ticket? Like they call it, but that's the land that I love to live in. And it's where I believe in myself and it's where I feel lit up. And I've tried to, do the conventional thing, wanting to be normal. I did the corporate job. I've done all the thing. I just wanted to fit in. And I 
tried doing those things and it felt really bad. So I'm like, you know what, stuff that. <laughs> stuff the nine to five, stuff the normal world. I don't care if La La Land is some kind of unbelievable world to other people, being there makes me feel really good and it gives me purpose and it gives me fulfillment and it's like, I just wanna show women that you can rise from nothing and you can literally run out of money and if you truly believe in yourself, call in the right people. Everything's an opportunity and if you just, being you just brings so many great people into your space and you never know what network you're gonna find. It's, it's even like this amazing place for you here right now. How did you do that? And it's just by you being you and doing your thing that really lights you up, what gives you the confidence to do it? Because it means so much to you. So now the journey was, even for me, I'm sharing so much more about body image now. I thought launching my own business would be the thing because I believed like if I'm successful, people will like me. If I look a certain way, people will like me. If I live on the beach, people will like me. If I have nice things, people will like me. If I have a certain body. And I've tried all of those things and still the underlying issue of not enoughness and lacking self-worth and body dysmorphia is still there for me. I still haven't dealt with that. And so it just means, that means so much to me because it's affected my entire life up until this point. So that's why I just do it because it just means so much. And if life, if something doesn't mean so much to you, how would you get out of bed each day? Exactly. And if you resisted that, all you'd be doing is trying to fit in to different circles, fit in and find a place in the world that isn't meant for you anyway. Therefore, like wearing a mask and then going through this feeling of feeling like a fraud because you're being inauthentic. And I mean, I've tried that. I've been the party girl. I've gone, oh my God, I've found the party girl. So I've, part, I've been the party girl. There's like one and a half year stints on my Instagram where I'm like, what were you thinking? <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm cool now. I'm like out with the DJs and taking lots of party drugs and doing all the things that aren't very aligned with like who I am as a woman. But I just, you know, you try, I exhausted one option. I was like, I'll try something else. That wasn't that. That's all part of the journey. I don't judge myself. I, I, I love the journey, to be honest. I really love it. I even sat in question with, you know, if it was all that easy, I'd be so bored. You asked for this, you asked for an experiential life and you didn't want it to be boring. So my life is neither of those things. So you got exactly what you asked for. <laughs> uh, you, you brought up the fact that you want to show women that yeah. you can come from nothing and be something. Um, how, how are you going about doing that at the moment? So with you know, Press and Smiles, that I was saying, from there I've enrolled in Stretch 22, which is a six month uh, personal transformation course uh, with the knowing that what I've done up until this point has got me up until this point but I need to do something that's going to significantly move the needle to for me to be the living embodiment of female empowerment self-acceptance radical self-expression to be an author writer public speaker for me to be all of those things uh, I, ne I need to significantly move the needle and I need to, I can't do that on my own I don't thrive off being on my own I'm not an independent worker I'm not an independent learner I thrive off energy and community and surrounding myself with people who I aspire to be like based on results I looked at I've stalked Preston for like forever <laughs> and I've removed all the people who aren't good for my men for my mental health out of my feed so I only have the people that really resonate in my feed and I just love everything that he says and so I was like this is a man to get me to help get me to where I need to go. And something came up within the confines of, you know, the Stretch 22 container and all of a sudden all my body image stuff just came flooding forward. And I just felt like I dealt with it. I'm like, 31, not this again. I'm not in the same place as what I have been for 13 years. And in a coaching call with him, I said, I said to him, I'm in the same place that I've been for 13 years. And he was like, tell me fact. Tell me fact, Rebecca, that you're in the same place that you've always been. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not in the same place because my relationship with food has radically changed. She's like, you just unconsciously lied to yourself. I'm like, okay, I hate being called a liar because I didn't think I was one, but apparently I lied to myself. And then uh, he goes, okay, tell me another fact, fact that you're in the same place that you have been for 13 years. I was like, well, I mean, I'm not because this was once very destructive and now it's physically it's incredibly healthy. He's like, just unconsciously lied to yourself again. And this is something that I've been doing that he's teaching, helping teach to me that I've been doing with this voice for 13 years. While I've been training this, I haven't, I haven't focused on training that. And so he's given me the challenge that for 30 days, and I only just started to share about nothing other than this experience of the body image, the body dysmorphia, 
the not enoughness, the lack of self-worth, the seeking approval outside of myself. And that's the process that I'm currently embarking on. I feel as though I've rejected it for so long. I've just wanted to fit in or I've just wanted to be the fitspo or I've just wanted to say I've got the solution or I've got my shit together. And now I feel like, why am I waiting to be there before I share? This is such a huge part of the medicine and I'm willing to share the journey and say, I'm not there yet. I mean, my little small business is only nine months old. Why do I have to wait until she's five years successful before I'm so proud of her? You know, I'm not, I'm not going to wait anymore to be at the top of the mountain. I'm willing as much as it kills my ego because I hate it. It kills me. I want this ego is like, nope, until you're successful, until you're validated, until you're liked. This is about likes, comments, views, lots of money, all of these things, until you have a perfect body, until you have that. And I'm like, nope, not doing that anymore because I've, I've given in to you for 13 years and it's time to silence you and I'm training someone else now, my inner cheerleader, and I'm willing to share the journey, the steps as hard as it may be, every single one of them so other women realise it's not just like all of a sudden you're someone or you're, you're always someone, but all of a sudden I'm successful, all of a sudden it's such a journey and I want women to be able to see that it's, and not put themselves down because I left the fitness industry for a period of time feeling as though I was adding to the problem and now I'm willing to show up authentically, vulnerable, vulnerably, truthfully and say, I don't have a solution. I don't have all my shit together. This is literally what I go through. A part of my fear is people will be like, she's fucking crazy. You know, like yesterday I had a hard time with, went out for dinner with my house family, on uh, my housemates on the Friday night. And yesterday I was looking in the mirror, so upset with myself. I'm like, if I tell people this, they're going to think I'm either fraudulent because I work in the health and wellness industry or they're going to judge me, or they're going to think that I'm crazy. And I just thought, it's not my business what you think of me. And I'm reading into the work of Byron Katie, and it's like, what you think of me is none of my business. It's not my business. So when I go to see how many likes, views, and comments I've got, not my business. When I post an Instagram story, old me would like swipe up to, to see who's watching, or my ex-boyfriend's having a look, or not my business. It's not my business how many people are responding, commenting, engaging. My business is that I'm truthful to me. My business is my thoughts about me. And everything else is none of my business. That's powerful. And I like that. That's something that Gary Vee touches on a lot is document over create. Mm. And through documentation, even through the lows, through the ebbs, you become more relatable. Mm -hmm. And people resonate more with someone that they can see themselves in. And so in you sharing those lows and those moments of vulnerability. I feel it just makes you so much more relatable and helps people, I guess, feel, feel more connected to you. Because if you were this picture of perfection, mm -hmm. there's so much disconnection there between you and the people that you're hoping to inspire. That's, also, that's often the question that I sat in. I was like, I just wanted to be perfect. Thought if I was perfect, no one could ever hurt me. Thought if I was perfect, Someone would always want me. I would always be liked. I just thought that being perfect was the answer. And then I thought, how many people, if you have this really elitist expectation of yourself, how many people are you going to resonate with and relate to? Because that's not, that's not reality. And it's such a daily, I've removed the word struggle, so I wanted to say struggle, but it's such a daily challenge to be, to be that. And it's not, it's not real and it's not helping people. One thing that I want to ask you is how did you, how have you become comfortable in making yourself uncomfortable um, in pursuit of growth with this six month um, course and with the bridge experience and with Landmark? Mm -hmm. Because for most people, that, that sort of anxiety thinking, holy shit, I'm going to do something that's going to force me to grow and force me to face my flaws. Yeah that'd give them near on a panic attack. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> and there's lots of things that I'm doing right now that make me feel uncomfortable and I'm starting to think the more uncomfortable I feel, the better. You know, uh, I've, gotten, I've gotten to this point trying to run my own race and it's got me to this point so I'm so grateful for it. And I don't want this point to keep going anymore. I'm, like I said, something needs to significantly change to move the needle. And when I embarked on stretch 22, I sat, I like sat myself down and gave myself a talking to and I said, this is not going to be easy. Don't think it's all going to be like, 
inner transformation and radical self-acceptance and self-love and oh my god my body is so beautiful and I just love myself exactly the way it's not going to be that it's you know Thursday I was a crying mess and my coach got me to put it while she coached me through it on Facebook and I did and I got so many beautiful messages of support so many beautiful messages of people resonating I've received other messages of people saying I'm adding to the struggle rather than uh, rather than uh, uh, supporting it, that I should be doing this privately and not in a public forum. I've had family members contact me and say, I'm really worried about you. And, you know, it's not, it's not easy and I didn't think that it was all going to be sunshine and rainbows. And they say that a comfort zone, nothing happens there. So I've tried to fit in. I just, I just wanted to fit in, I just wanted to be popular, I just wanted to be liked and I just wanted to be accepted and I tried to do all the things that were in not, not in alignment with who I am as a woman and I'm done with that now. So I can upset all the people I want, I know that the right pe- I'll help the right people and most of all, I'll help myself. How, how do you take on negativity or how do you, I guess, receive negativity um, but stop yourself from taking it on and allowing that to infect or affect the way that you view yourself? Uh, Not reacting straight away. Understanding that everyone's got a difference of opinion, a different, they've been raised differently. One of my girlfriends the other day, she said to me, Tony Robbins is a scam. I love Tony Robbins. That my mentors are trying to uh, take advantage of me or make money out of me. I love them like family and I deeply resonate with them and I will defend them like my family as well. Uh, And that it doesn't need to be put on Facebook, it doesn't need to be put on social media, that I could do this privately, that I'm in the sandpit at school and I should be, I'm so much bigger and better than that and that in a year's time I'll look back and laugh and it's not my business what you think. And I said I respect that and I'm not here to take on everyone's opinions. And it's not, if I try and hold everyone's opinions, that's just going to weigh me down. So, you know, another woman today private messaged me and she said about, it doesn't need to be on on Facebook and that to find my own abyss, it's a solo journey and I need to go inwards and all of these things. And she hasn't been brought up in the same generation as me. So she doesn't, I I respect her views. Everyone's got a different point of of view. And she hasn't grown grown up social media generation. She hasn't grown up in a, gym selfie generation so they're two two entirely different worlds and i don't expect as well all my people you know when you very first embark on spirituality or anything that you do when you start in fitness like what i do is right and everyone needs to do what i do and if you don't do what i do what you're doing is wrong so come my way come 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 i'm not out to pull people into my energetic field someone will see me and say hey I, i i go through what she goes through and I resonate and other people will say, I have no, I don't know what she's on about. Or a man, men have reached out to me and say, this is for my partner. Some, some people will resonate, some people won't. Some people are like, yeah, the vegans. Some people are agreeing. You know, everyone's got a different thing. I'm not trying to pull people into my thing. I'm just going to do my thing. Those that need to hear it will. And I believe that. And people who reach out with negativity, I, I truly believe that if you're putting yourself out there genuinely and authentically, especially while being vulnerable. And people are reaching out to you with negativity, whether it is just telling you to keep it private. Mm -hmm. I genuinely feel that that's because there is some insecurity on their part, not being able to express what you're able to express and therefore crab in a bucket trying to pull you back down into the bucket. Absolutely, and I mean, a judgment on my part was, well, if you're so deeply spiritual, this wouldn't bother you at all. You know, you just see it. There's things that come up on my, Things that come up, when you start going through the work, things come up on your social media and you just start judging left, right and centre and then the years go past and things pop up and they just don't bother you anymore. It's just, it's not my business to be worried about, you know? And so I look at her and I think, if you're so deeply triggered by how I'm showing up and what I'm sharing, that's something that you need to, that's your work, that's not my work. And I'm also open to the conversation. So for those people that do have criticism, I'm not, I'm not open to having private messages behind closed doors with hundreds of people. Put the conversation, if you think it's an important conversation, you wholeheartedly believe that, put it, put it there so other people can see it. 
and agree with you or disagree with you, but I'm not going to be fueling people's fire behind the, behind the scenes. I'm not going to be the container for that. That to me only feels like it would be ineffective for both parties. Yeah. Yeah. And to be this embodiment, to be this woman who shows up and shows women that you can come from nothing and become something, mm-hmm. you have to act in alignment. You have to let a lot of that go reframe all of those stories so that you can move forward without any of that negatively impacting or influencing the way that you behave absolutely um tell me a little bit about iconic active and what's going on with that and what you've been through with that okay so iconic active was my dream from age 19 bridge experience extreme which you're going to do extreme i'm so excited for you extreme leadership and I walked out those doors saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. Quit my job November 17th was my last day at work. Was on the plane the next day to Bali. Actually, I tried to get her off the ground four years prior. And at the time she was, I am active. It was gonna be about I am statements to empower the female throughout internal de- in linguistics. So I had I am active or I am active where I could, find the, I could find the business name somewhere. But that's what it was gonna be. I'm so glad that it's not. But the, the, the philosophy behind it was, was the same statement and the part of it was statement range singlets with powerful I am statements so that we can empower ourselves through our own internal dialogue. Went over to Bali, had my first range ready to go. It was made from recycled ocean plastics. And I think again, not being super business savvy, I was almost at the point of this probably isn't going to take off given your finances. <laughs> and the next day I had a silent investor approach me and with a very, very similar business idea. And we started working together, uh, created a director's agreement. And from that point, Iconic Active was born. We brainstormed. We, I don't know how we came up with her name, but we came up with her. As, you know, it's a play on being eco and being an iconic human. And the very similar philosophy statement range singlets to empower the woman through our internal linguistics. She's what, it's, what month is it now? August, September. She's nine months, she's nine months old. And she's just a complete reflection of me, you know. Uh, While I experienced resistance within me, I experienced resistance within her. When I expect her to be better than what she is, that comes through. And I feel like she has her own heart and soul. And at the moment there's, there's some behind the scenes stuff going on that we're working through together. And I know that she's gonna, she's gonna be incredible. She's just a process. She's a real process. And she just, she wants to be accepted and loved for where she's at right now. And accept, expect that things don't always go picture perfect the way that Beck always wanted things to go, you know, with no hiccups and just absolute perfection. And you know, the other thing about having a business is you can curate this perfect Instagram and people are going to be like, oh my God, I'm so inspired by you. I love your business. Your business looks amazing. And online you can appear perfect, which is what I always wanted to be, right? And so now I've had Iconic Active up online. I've done all the photo shoots. The product looks amazing. Done all her marketing, her perfect Instagram, people saying that. And then I'm like, you don't know what, what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know if I've sold one crop top or a million crop tops. You've got, you don't know if I'm making heaps of money or if I'm severely in debt. But you can, oh, that's my... If you want to grab my phone and flick it, that's one of my, that'll be one of, if you pass me my phone, I'll be able to show you. That's one of my alarms from, from, um, what was it say? That will say approval, security, and control from my, from my stretch 22. So in the past five hours, I check in when that, when that alarm goes off, what am I searching for? What have I been trying to get in this past five hours? Where have I been acting from? Security, approval, control. Do it, and then I sit in question with, do I approve of me? And then the answer should always be yes, hopefully. Uh, are all my needs met right now? All needs are met right now. So that's that alarm. That's beautiful. And by the way, Sheldon, we're leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> you will know after you do extreme. <laughs> you will know that it's very, that's one of my tools. Oh, if you want to know another tool, I also have a lucky band. So I hair lucky right now. So that's helping me create awareness. I know I'm going a bit off track, but seeing as that went, if you want useful tools for those who are listening, when I criticize myself, when I look in the mirror, even the other day, there's things that I've been doing that I didn't realize that I was doing that are 
unconscious behaviors. Like I'd go to the bathroom and then I'd lift up my top, look at my top and put it down before I walked off. And I actually, yeah, wow. It got to a point where I didn't know that I was doing that. So now it's like a flick of the lucky band, kiss my hand and then say, I'm enough and sit there with that. So that, and that's a tool for me to just really I bring awareness around how I'm acting and how I'm treating myself behind closed doors. I love that. That's amazing. What are the, are there any lessons that you've learned over the past nine months with Econic? The lessons that I've learned, okay, yes, many. Uh, number one, number one, just because someone offers you investment, doesn't mean that they're the right business partner. So I've got a beautiful silent business partner and we're just coming to the end of our business relationship and it's ending beautifully because uh, I always believe in, in being so grateful for every person that's a part of your journey. I also have the opportunity with other business partners, potential business partners right now and I've been experiencing so much resistance towards the brand because I don't just want to sign a dotted line out of desperation or for the sake of money. For me, I, it has to be the right person to really help work with me. And someone that Iconic Active, I believe that she has her own heart and soul that she wants to work with. So my first lesson is I really have to listen to that. My second lesson is I really have to listen to my intuition. So uh, with my brand, there was, so, there was so many things that I believed in wholeheartedly from the outset that we should do that there was a conflict of opinion and I went with what the other person said. So we weren't gonna wholesale when I had so many inquiries for wholesale. We were just gonna stay online. We weren't gonna run cyber sales. Uh, so we didn't run cyber sales. And now nine months later, all of, we realized that all of those things that I originally said would really support the business are all saying we should go and do them now. And so I've sat in a little bit of almost resentment that I wasn't listened to and that could have been a really effective thing for my business. And so now that that relationship is coming to, I guess, an end, it's re me really reaffirming to myself, your intuition is always right. Listen to that and use your voice powerfully. So if you, just because you don't have the business experience that you think can, if you know something deep inside of you is true and your intuition is like tapping you on the shoulder like, Say yes to wholesalers, you lose your margins for marketing. That's a marketing expense. That's a worthwhile marketing expense to grow your brand. Align yourself with the right ambassadors. I, do, I don't just want, again, Iconic Active is a representation of my beliefs. I don't just want girls with gym selfies posting my stuff. It's not meant to add to the problem, it's meant to create the solution. Yeah. So align yourself with the right people. So I think my, my two biggest things is the right investment, not just investment for the sake of investment, and listening to my intuition because there's been so many times in my life where I haven't and you just get that little I told you so later and you're like oh, I was right I knew I was why didn't why didn't I why didn't I just believe you always know that you're right just go for that just go for that and if you're not also if I'm not right I can sit with the responsibility is on me when I don't listen to myself and then I say okay let's go with what you have to say I instantly go into blame and I the the blame is just I just projecting and so I've had to pull away and say what's your real blame I'm angry at that person for not agreeing with me but really I'm angry at myself for not being a woman of my word and not for not using my voice that's where my real anger is that's amazing mm. that is how have you cultivated uh, being able to tap into intuition I think just proof I just think proof I remember once uh, with my ex-boyfriend, we were, we were, we, he had a boat and we were going to Rottnest and we were driving along the coast and I said to him, I don't think we should go to Rotto today. And he goes, and it was like blue skies and he was like, no, we'll be fine. I was like, I've got a really bad feeling that something really bad's going to happen. He's like, no, we'll be fine. It was like the perfect storm out there. And then after that, everyone was like, the next time Beck's got intuition that we shouldn't go somewhere, we're just going to, so just little instances like that. I'm like, they happen and I'm like, I knew that was like intuition told me. And so I just think time and time again, it's almost like spirit or source or universe or God or whoever you want to call it says, you know, you can hear these things. Like, when are you going to start listening? And so I'm just like, the more 
the more I kind of sit in meditation, hear these calls, have things that prove those calls to be right, I'm like, you just got to start believing in yourself and listening to your intuition. And when you make decisions that don't go the way that you think they should have gone, you have yourself to, to hold accountable as well. That's amazing. Um, you touched on meditation a couple of times. Mm -hmm. How do you implement meditation and what has it given you? Well, I started with just five minutes a day of just a, an alarm, just like that one, of wherever I am right here, right now, I'm just going to stop. If it's in my car, I'm just going to close down my eyes and just trying to silence the mind, which can be very challenging. I lean into box breathing, which is at three seconds in, hold for three seconds, three seconds out, hold for three seconds, and just keep working through that breath. And that really helps me get super present. If I can't stop the thoughts, that kind of helps them dissipate. So that was, they're kind of my first two tools. I found that yoga is also very helpful. I just do DIY yoga at home. Movement, any kind of yoga, movement, being outdoors, having my shoes off at the beach and being in nature. I don't necessarily think yoga is like that for everyone. I think everyone needs to find their own version of meditation. I love palette burning, Palo Santo. And I start my day every day. This has been like an eight week journey now. Every day I get up, jump in the ocean, do my box breathing down there and have a cold shower. And that's kind of like my start up routine and like my five minutes of presence with myself. And then if I'm like, I'll probably after this, I drove past the, the Swan River and it's so beautiful. I'll just see a bit of green grass that looks really appealing to me and I'll just sit there and just stare at the blue and let my thoughts go where they go. That's amazing. It's uh, mindfulness or presence of mind and gratitude, being able to just pick a beautiful spot and sit there. Well, I think that's the, that's the thing that I say, you know, I can be so hard on myself and there would be so many people that would absolutely give anything to trade places with you. And that's when you have to really step into true gratitude. We, we, and I think for so long, I've made this, so much, this journey so much about me, which is why it's felt like such a hard burden. And the more that I speak it, the less that it feels. And so I would assume that would be the same as any kind of mental health, body image, um, depression, anxiety. I feel like the more that you give it a voice, the less heavy it feels for you. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, couple questions and we'll wrap up. Yeah. Uh, knowing everything that you've been through up until now uh -huh. and knowing the place you're in now, which uh -huh. sounds amazing, what would you say the quality of your life is like now? Oh, I'm, I'm so deeply. <laughs> I do love, I, I'm, I know what actions I've taken to get my life to where it is. And it has stemmed from that seeking approval. But then I've also, I love where I live. It brings me so much joy. I believe that your external environment is a reflection of what's going on indoors. And I just, I'm near the ocean. I've, my housemates have turned into my brothers and sisters. My family are beautiful people. I work for LA Fit, which is the most beautiful community of incredible, incredible women, which is amazing. It's so ironic given my journey stemmed from being bullied by these cool people. And now I've got all of these such beautiful women in my space. I just can't wait to go there every single day. And uh, they stock my product, which is, that's how I, how I started working for them. And just, yeah, just life, like the few things that I feel like hold me back, that it was like, well, if they weren't there, what would, what would be your challenge? So the body image journey is just something that you get to go through and you get to share and you get to help other people with. So if, that's, if that was my purpose and that what, that's what I've been put on this earth to do and I've got the strength to use my voice, I'm, yeah, grateful. I'm grateful that God chose me. That's amazing. Uh, next one, what have you added to your life or removed from it to improve the quality of it? Uh, well, let's start with remove first because you say what you don't want and you, you, don't, you never follow up what you want with what you don't want. So removed. Uh, removed toxic relationships. Anyone that I feel is trying to take something from me and energy-wise with love, you know, um, the party scene, remove that because you try so hard to fit in. Even when you have, you have times where you go back and you're like, why am I trying to fit in here? Why am I going back to where I've always been that I never wanted to be? Um, removed, removed makeup. I've removed filters. I don't filter any of my photos. That was a challenge that one of my coaches gave me. 
don't enhance them, don't brighten them, don't just, at the moment I'm just doing videos, I don't even have a selfie light to make it brighter. I'm like, oh, I wish these videos were better quality. But I'm like, this is just, this is just, this is as good as it's gonna get in the day, in, this is me. Yeah. And I've tried to be everything else other than me. So I'm just gonna to start to love what this is instead. I'm very conscious of what I ingest, what I read, what I watch, uh, apps, time constraints on social media. They're all the kind of things that I've removed. Um, and what I've added, community, like-minded community uh, from LA Fit, my workplace, to where I live, my housemates, my family, uh, the places that I go to, the, the, the cafes, the businesses that I endorse. I believe that wherever you spend your money, you're just circulating energy. So I'm very conscious where I do that, uh, making sure that it's part of communities that I want to see thrive and grow. And that's my, I'm not into politics, that's my way of shaping the future. And, and yeah, personal development. Surrounding myself with, with people that when I'm, when I'm doing the challenging things that feel uncomfortable, I've got a, a support team, like when she's loud, the cheerleader's not loud enough, or I've, I've got real people there saying, I've got your back, Beck, and I believe in you, do it, do it, do it. Jump, jump, jump. We've got a trampoline underneath ready to catch you. We're here, we've got pom-poms, we're good to go. Keep doing it. So when you're like, the other day, when you messaged me saying I loved your video, let's do a podcast. I said to the girls, like, I'm deleting it, I'm deleting it, I'm taking it down. And they're like, you're not taking it down. It's staying up. And so that's, that's community. Find your community and keep searching until you find it. They're out there. I'm glad you're putting yourself in that position too. Thank you. Because people need it from someone like you. Mm -hmm. What are you most grateful for right now? <sighs> right here, right now, myself. Myself. Number one, myself. Yeah, and then after that, my physical health, my mental health, my family, my friends, my community, you, and you know all the community that we touch that we don't realize that we touch because you'll find with your videos, it's not necessarily the people commenting that you're helping because there's lots of messages behind that. I got received one today saying, Beck, because I've, I've asked for, I've, my, my request is support. Please support me on this journey if, if, if it means anything to you. And I've received messages saying, I, I see your request for support and I'm not ready to comment publicly, but just know that you're helping me. So there's lots of people watching that you wouldn't even know. Well, and that's powerful. That it is. Uh, last question. Have you had the chance to put a message on a billboard somewhere where you'd know thousands of people would see it every day? What would that message be? You're enough. Nice. That was quick. Mm -hmm. Or if there was another one, what, what was my other one? My favorite one has always been, there are no shortcuts to any place worth going. That's cool. Mm. I'm gonna have to steal that at some point. Mm -hmm. I've always said that. Even when it was, my quotes used to be all about fitness and I'm like, oh my God, so funny that my fitness quotes are now just life quotes. That's amazing. Uh, to wrap up, I wanna acknowledge you first of all for taking the time to come out here. Uh, make time for this, especially with the work that you're doing on yourself now. I'm sure you've got more important stuff to do. Not more important, equally as. Uh, really appreciate being here. I'm grateful, um, but I'm mostly grateful for the work that you've done uh, on yourself, everything that you've been through, turning that pain to purpose and now doing what you're doing, continuing the work, but with the vision of helping women along the way. It's amazing. Thank you, I received that. Now, sponsor number two is Leadership for Growth with Brendan Usher. Now, this is specifically designed for middle managers and focuses on three key areas, those being people, vision, and self. Now, this is tailored to suit those middle managers to turn you from that manager into a leader to accelerate your career growth.